Ladies and gentlemen, through thick and thin, through wind and rain and sleet and snow that we know is coming, this is the last weekend of October football, and the gales of November have come a little early for your boy, but we persevere and move on. Here on the Sunday card, it is week number eight. Here on this fine show, Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, here with you. Lewis, night off tonight. We will have a bet the narrative later in the show. He will see the crystal ball. Might be a familiar uh, friend, possibly, coming back to uh, grace us with his pick. But regardless, I did not have a very good week. In fact, the first time this year, Outside of the show, I have extra picks, Matt. This was the first losing week for me this week, week number seven, uh, and my entire card whatsoever. But on the Sunday card, bad one and four week for me. But you just keep on trucking, man. Three and two. Hey, we're, we're riding still, even without the RW playing quarterback. Uh, yeah, no, we're not. We're not riding. We're ripping uh, now, <laughs> but. The winning ways continue. Um, I got to give you a shout out. He said, "Bet the, the uh, not the bet the air. The under the weather is is is, that is kicking. True. It's it's moving. So we could say two and four last week with with, with the yeah. under the weather. So not the worst in the, in the world, especially a lot better than the parlay. We keep uh, we said you know we keep splitting on the parlay. We keep getting one of the dogs, but um, we are trying to keep the best five rolling in positive direction, staying above sixty percent. Agreed, agreed. And the under the weather only hits because you are your team and and Lou's team just. Oh. Don't know how to score. How annoying is it that you get uh, a week off from Russell Wilson and he can't even wait till like Wednesday to just be cringe and say that he was doing high knees in the plane aisle on the way to London. That is so terrible. I, I saw it on Twitter and then it was literally the first thing on my television when I turned on <laughs> my TV when I got home and on ESPN. And it's about him doing the high knees. And it's just, again, it's such a clown show. It is absolutely insane that he is stretching for four hours of an eight-hour flight on the way to London. I mean, I don't know what we're doing with this guy anymore, but it's bad. It's just I'm, I'm already so over it. I tried I, again. I tried to buy him in the offseason because I'm like, oh, he's my quarterback now. But I never liked the guy before that, and it's really becoming more obvious the more I have to even to watch him more. What what is Something that you would rather have, rather have Russell Wilson or Vic Fangio back. Gosh, <laughs> I think it's got to be Wilson because we just have a small sample size and got to hope it gets better. And maybe it is just the shoulder problem and it's actually injuries. But those injuries are seeming a lot like uh, I'm playing pretty bad, so we're gonna cook up an injury real fast. But it's, <laughs> it's not great out. Not West. great, not great in Colorado out there, but. Hey, you persevere on. How about let's start with you? Because, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get to me and, and you're going to spank me around again because two of our head-to-heads, you win again. I mean, I, I don't know how you do it. Washington plus four at home against Green Bay. I was against the Sharps. Never should have done it. Complete public play. And then Kansas City. You know, this one I was on the Sharps with. Really thought we were getting there. First off, up 14-3 with Green Bay. Thought we were running away with it. And then up 10-0 with San Francisco. Thought we were running away with it. And poof, like magic, it's gone. 
Yeah, the Washington one, I, I was really shocked you on the other side of because that was good. That just felt like the sharp play, the ugly time. Like, and we have we've, we've literally seen Washington in so many spots. And like I said, they took the commander out. The commander Carson was out of there. We had the chance to do it, Danny. He didn't get on with me. And then, yeah, Kansas City, I was worried about that one because, again, like I said, last time I, I was going with the public side of that. Uh, and, and, again, that just amounted to – I think it was pretty evident that it was the injuries because we haven't seen the defense play that bad all year, the San Francisco 49er defense, so – uh, and we never see the Chiefs wide receivers look better. They finally started using Juju and MVS. I was, that was like the first MVS signing I think we've seen like all year. I know. So um, they actually got their wide receivers involved, and they, they were able to really, really throw deep because they were able to run up the middle without their D tackles, sucked everybody in, and they were taking them over the top uh, later on in the game. So that one, uh, again, Washington was was right there. I was kind of, I was kind of dancing. I was dancing a little bit. Oh on, on no! I, I saw it on Twitter all over the place. I'm like, just Tom and Jerry spanking me around. I'm just like, all right, I guess this is how we're doing it this week. But I deserved it at the end of the day. I say, you know, I got to get to it. It's impossible. You know, we each pick it. It's basically 50-50, Dan. I, you know, it's pretty much a 50-50 chance, and yet. It's not that way as far as our records go. So you, you are you are the New York Giants of the head-to-heads. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's improbable. Improbable. Uh, and then the other one, Tennessee over Indianapolis. Easy cover, never a doubt. Matt Ryan, fumbleitis, interceptionitis, and now he's done. So yeah, I was gonna say we got it. Now we we package that up, throw it out. But again, I think uh, if you bet against them every week like we did, I think we went what six and one or five and five and two at least the first mm-hmm. seven weeks betting against the, betting against the Colts. So uh, the, that was the first page of the book. Now we got to move on. You know, that was just you open the book, you go, okay, yes, we bet against the Colts, and then we move on. But we got to have to find a find a new slant this week of Sam Ellinger coming in. Yeah, we'll find something. I don't know what we're gonna do with. It. I mean, the Colts are a complete mess. If they lose this game this weekend, I think it's a full sale fire sale. Leonard yeah. Pittman, they're all on the chopping block to me. I mean, I, everybody except Taylor is really. Oh, top. really? I was, I was just saying, I would hang on Pittman over Taylor just longevity oh, yeah. wise. I think, I think you, I think you get a high end pick for Taylor right now, and Pittman at least, you know, he's only third year, so. But you definitely could get a lot for Pittman or for Taylor. There's no question. Um, and then the two losses, Detroit covering for like 58 minutes, and it did uh, not come through. That is a absolutely brutal one. And then Houston, Houston really really was in that game, really should have covered at the end of the day, but just kind of fumbled it away in the fourth quarter like they've been doing all year. Yeah, they are really – again, we, we ranked them on the show. We're like worst roster in the league, and I mean, they really are. Like we, we keep we keep trying to go back to the well with them, and um, even seven points against Vegas was not enough to do it. And, yeah, Detroit, I, I really do feel like if, if I'm on Ross, St. Brown is it plays that whole game, and if Swift can suit up like I thought he was going all week and then he doesn't suit up, I think that they have a chance to absolutely at least cover that game, if not win it outright, because again, it was a little bit of Dak was not great. He was fine throwing, uh, you know, inside 10 yards, 15 yards. He was one of six throwing beyond 15 yards, which is kind of what I was thinking was going to happen. So offense just couldn't get it done enough for, uh, for Detroit. Yeah. Tough, tough sell all around half the money line parlay hits Seattle. Easy win. That was the easiest win. Uh, I actually had Seattle on my card. The one win I had all week was Seattle plus five. And unfortunately, it was the only money line dog that actually had. I went one and four on those money line dogs. You couldn't hit that second one. I was just waiting for it. It just could not come through. So that's disappointing. But uh, Houston uh, lets us down, as we just talked about with the money line parlay. Um, my record, I just talked to Seattle. Everything else was red, red, red. Green Bay, San Francisco, Houston. And do we want to get to it? God bless it. Can I just say something? 
Can I just Go say off. something? I've been watching this team for 22 years, okay? I have never in my life been more embarrassed after a performance than that performance because the Patriots have gotten blown out before. Like, it's happened. A couple of years ago, uh, Tennessee, went to Tennessee, got blown out. Kansas City, 2014, who could forget? That was the one that started it all, out of Cincinnati. This is the freaking Bears! 11 for 17 on third down? Are you kidding me? I don't care about the quarterback situation. It's, you know, that's all anybody wants to talk about. That defense sucked. Sucked. Against Justin Fields, a guy literally a wide receiver basically playing quarterback. I mean, what are we doing? I will say it. He is not – he's an athlete. He's a great athlete. He's not a quarterback. I'm sorry, he's not. The team that runs the ball more than anyone in the league, they didn't do anything. He was literally fumbled. They fumbled it five times. They recovered it five times. That is mind-blowing. Everybody except Judon on the whole team sucks right now. Sucks. I do not understand it. It was the biggest anomaly I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I, I will say, I think, too, Chicago really threw a curveball Monday night, though. Again, we, we thought that they were – going to just, you know, run it with the running backs because they haven't been using Fields' legs. They did throw a bunch of different looks at, at, at the Patriots. They, did. they haven't done all year. You know what I mean? So I really think that they 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 all of a sudden came in with the curveball and they came in with the changeup and they, and, they, and they switched the game plan up, using him on RPOs and using him on quarterback draws and stuff like that. So and we, we've always said on this show that they, they the Patriots struggle with, with the rushing quarterback. So I think between, you know, the bad weather and, and all that going on, I, I think I can kind of see how it happened. And – I, I mean, you got to think they got a got a big bounce back this week with the Jets coming through. Yeah, big think? bounce back week. Apparently, I mean, I wouldn't. You're you seem way way more down on them than I mean. I know it was bad, but God, that's it's a week to week week. It's a week to week. I I don't even want to talk about that game because I want to move on. It's Jets week. It's the most important week. You got to crush the Jets. You got to bleed their hearts out. I mean, Mac Jones is probably going to start. It's in fact, I think Field Yates said today he was starting. So right. you know. I don't care. Like Mac Jones should be the starter. I put it on the coaches. I put it on the coaches every time, you know, it's, it's two different offenses with those quarterbacks and it's, it's a joke and Bill's got to make a decision now, but the Pats lose uh, in a stunning fashion to not cover the eight. So I go one and four, but as Matt said, the under the weather did hit and Lou two and one on a triple bet. The narrative, the Patriots were the only one that let him down giants again, giants again. It's ridiculous. I don't know how it happens, but they keep doing it. I'm so mad. And we, we talked about that was almost half the money line parlay. It was, I it was right there. I just had to piece the two together and I just didn't mm. get it. I couldn't, uh, we got, maybe we got to look at lose crystal ball some more and uh, help, help with the parlay. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Maddie, obviously this is going to give you the opportunity to pick a punt. I feel like I'm asking you that every single week. So without further ado, go for it. I would like to punt this week. So I really I'm gonna throw it right back to you because uh I don't know, I just want to see what you're gonna do first because I think I'm I'm kind of wavering on a couple games and I want to see if I'm gonna follow the leader here. Matt, I'm coming out swinging. Go for it. Coming out swinging. We keep riding this, I keep riding this team. They've been good to me, you know, the entire year. People keep underestimating them. Yet now they're a favorite. I have three dogs. In this uh, card here, I have two favorites. Keep riding this team. I love them. And I have had enough of this. I'm coming 
for this group of people. It's over. Give me the Seattle Seahawks minus three against the Giants at home. I do not care anymore. At some point, this has to end. They are the luckiest team on the face of the earth. It's Lou Gehrig. Uh, New York, New York, that's what it is. I mean, Seattle here, actually being a favorite, what does that tell you? The books still do not respect the Giants. They still don't because they know. They're coming off second straight road game, right? Go to Jacksonville, fly down there, go all the way across the country to the complete opposite end, Seattle. Are you kidding me? Look, I have nothing outside of this game to give you like crazy stats, but I'm going to give you a few. Outside of this, it's the explosive plays of Seattle versus the well-schemed defense of the Giants. That's what this game really comes down to. And look, there's a possibility that DK Metcalf misses this game. In fact, I think he's already been downgraded to out. So fine. The line has been going up, not down. We got this at two and a half on Sunday night. Um, you texted me right away and said this. Even though Geno Smith has been great, Kenneth Walker He's the difference in this game for me. The Giants are dead last with the Chargers in defensive rushing yards per carry. They're getting a 5.6 yards a carry, 28th in rush yards per game. They have also given up 140 yards rushing in six of their seven games this season. And maybe you say, hey, yeah, that's great, well and all, but Seattle's defense isn't very good. Well, actually, the last few weeks, they've played pretty well. Top five in turnovers per game. They've held the last three weeks, they have held teams to under 300 yards passing. One of those was the Saints duo with Dalton and Hill, but the other two, Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. They did that against those two guys, and that is impressive to me. Look, I know Metcalf's out, but I think really, really Seattle is more of a running team anyway. They want to run the football like this is their schemed offense. They may not have been doing it all year long, but that's what, really what they want to do. And I got to go with the Sharps on this one. It's been bet up to three. It's not coming down with Metcalf out. 59% of the bets are on Seattle. 70% of the money is on Seattle. So there's some discrepancy there. Matt. This has got to end sometime. I mean, at some point, we got to close the curtain on this Broadway show, don't we? We won't stand for it, Dan. We won't stand for it. I've got a mind meld with you here. Boom. I've got to roll with you. And you said, like, this is my number two play of the week. I, wow. I like this a lot. I, I mean, I really do. Like, like all of the things you've been saying just about the luck uh, of Action Network does a great thing with it. They have luck ratings, which are, you know, revolting around, uh, you know, turnover worthy plays, fumbles being won or lost. And the Giants are by far the luckiest team in the NFL. Uh, a couple, I do have a couple of stats to kind of back up what we're going to do against Wink, what Gino's going to be able to do against Wink Martindale and just this team in general. Uh, the Giants, talking about their luck, they are in the first three quarters, they are minus 15 to the point differential. They're six and one, but through the first three quarters, they are minus 15 to the, the point differential. They've only gone into halftime leading one of these seven games that they have played. They are winning everything in the final 15 minutes of the game getting away with it. Everything's close. Everything's tight. And they're, they're down. We could talk about a couple injuries they have as well. Evan Neal, most likely going to be out of this game. They're, they're mm. rookie left tackle or rookie right tackle and Daniel Bellinger, who has not been a great passing threat, but he is very important uh, in their run schemes and their run blocking. So that is two huge hits to their offensive line. Uh, you know, which is the biggest part of their offense is rushing the ball behind that line. Um, and then you talked about the defense and what, Geno Smith is going to be able to do. Last week, I saw Trevor Lawrence not good against 
Man coverage, not good against the Blitz. He absolutely pissed down his leg at the end of that game. Geno Smith, on the other hand, has been fantastic. He has – this is not a new look for him. He has played – they played the Cardinals two weeks ago when with a very, very heavy Blitz team. Uh, he has been blitzed the eighth highest uh, amount of any quarterback in the league this year, so it's not anything he is not used to. And then here are his numbers versus man and zone, which the Giants blitz the highest rate in the league, and they play man at the highest rate in the league. Geno Smith versus man coverage, he is pl- uh, plus 0.62 EPA, expected points added per play, and 10.4 yards per attempt versus zone. He drops down to minus – 0.03, which is a massive discrepancy with man versus zone hmm. uh, from plus 0.62 to minus 0.03 EPA. And his yards per attempt dropped down to 7.3 from 10.4. Not to mention he is in on all passing downs and against all coverages against the blitz. Gino is second in completion rate. He is fifth in success rate. He is fifth in yards per attempt and sixth in EPA per, per pass attempt. Give me Seattle here. I think that they are the better team. You mentioned it with the books. Um, just not giving any respect to the Giants. They have the longest odds of any six and one team to make the playoffs. There is no reason to give this team respect. They are absolutely getting by the skin of teeth in their coaching. The coaching's doing great. They're coaching up a bad roster, but it's still a bad roster. And it's gotten worse now with injuries. So it's got to catch up to them sooner or later. I hope that this is the week that we could do it together and we could take down uh, the G-men and we could maybe quiet a couple people in a couple of group chats that we're in. Ugh. Oh, I wish them to just shh, make it easy. Like it's, I think the one of the things too that I I feel confident in, the Giants are now going up against a well-coached team, and mm-hmm. I think that that is a major factor in the fact that look, Lafleur is not a great coach. Uh, Peterson, you know how I feel about him, way overrated coach, and obviously made a lot of mistakes in that game. You know, the one game they lost was to McCarthy and the Cowboys, but. We talked about how well they managed Cooper Rush for those weeks. So they did a really good job of that. I'm sorry. I, I got to go with Seattle here too. I, I have to give you this. This is from Brandon Anderson of the Action Network. This is fantastic. He said that these two teams are like the Spider-Man meme. Two teams that are overperforming on offense due to their coach, which is coaching them up with not much going on in defense. And they've got two veteran quarterbacks that are playing at the best that they ever have in their career. I mean, they are the same team. They really they are. are. It's, it, it's insane. They both have pretty poor rosters. They're coaching them up on offense. The defense is barely getting by. And we have two quarterbacks that are way outperforming what we expected from them in the preseason. Crazy. If this game was in London, like, this is a pick em. Like, no question. It, it's what right. it is. And you know? that's I the mean, other Seattle, comparison I heard. Seattle is getting three points at home. What does that tell you? you know? Right. And the home field in Seattle is worth three versus if this exact game was in East Rutherford, it'd probably be minus one and a half Giants because their home field is not worth as much. Yeah, and Daniel Jones is just not as good at home. Number four, uh, this is an autoplay for me. Sorry, just is. Have to do it. Don't really love it, but just got to do it, mainly because question marks at quarterback. Houston, Texas at home, plus two and a half. Got this plus three and a half earlier in the week on Sunday night, felt good about it. It got all the way down to one and a half yesterday, which was wild. So it's been swinging back towards Tennessee, but this is an auto play for me, even if Tannehill plays. And that's a big, if I still like the Texans here, the Texans against the Titans at home, their last eight games are seven and one against the spread. 
Isn't that quite interesting there? Um, and they've been on the road for a month. They haven't had a home game in four games. They got to be hankering for a home win. Tennessee really hasn't played a tough schedule. Tennessee is that team that just kind of holds on to leads and they hold on to their butts. I can totally imagine that this is going to be one of those situations where Tennessee just kind of gets an early lead and Houston just storms on back in the fourth quarter. There's not a lot to back this statistically, you know, but I will say this, maybe a look ahead spot for the Titans because you know where they go next week, Kansas city. So it could be a possibility that they're looking ahead. I know it's a division game, but Houston, they should win that game. 58% of the tickets are on, uh, I'm sorry, 68% of the tickets are on Tennessee. There's a 50-50 split in money. I got to take Houston here. I don't love it, but it is an autoplay and first principles. Yeah, this is this is just out of mind. Um, again, we did actually ch- exchange some texts Sunday night about getting some bets in early. Uh, and like I said, along with Seattle, this is one that I got in with you at three and a half. And I just, I, I don't love where it's going now below the three. Again, it's just, again, I'll always say above a three in an AFC, AFC South divisional battle. I've said it many times this year. It's worked out for me when I take it above a three and it's worked out for me when I get it below the, below the, below the three on the two and a half for, uh, for the Titans last week. So, uh I, this was just outside of my leans here. I do like it again. I, I think if this gets above a three uh, with, even with the Tannehill problems, like you said, even if he starts, I think that tennis, yeah, the Texans have a, a decent chance to uh, to take this one home, you know, outright potentially. Except this potentially. is the, it's the AFC South. It's a, it's a very wacky and wild division. So uh, Tennessee does tend to play down to their opponents sometimes. They can play up to the best of them, but they can definitely play down to, to some of the bottom ones here. All right, Matty, give me the fourth pick for yourself. All right, number four. Uh, yeah, so it's my number five. I haven't given this nah. one yet, and this one is where. I went to say this at the top of the show. There's a lot of short lines. There's a lot of big lines this week. There's not a lot of that middling three to seven nope. kind of area that we like here. And I'm taking a big favorite. Mm. And it's coming off. We got to fade the Monday night winner, Dan. We got to fade these <laughs> Chicago Bears. These Chicago Bears are no good. They caught the Patriots with their pants down in a bad spot with some bear weather. It wasn't New England, but there that was bear weather. That was and they have... Boy. It was it was another slop fest. The Bears have two wins in absolute slop fest, rainy games with fumbles and bounces and things going all over the place. Now they have to go against a very real defense in the Dallas Cowboys here. I, I just I think that Dak in the second game back, I think they'd be better. Like I said, we get to fade the Monday night winner. Not to mention that the Cowboys have just been the best against the spread team since last year. I mean, they've been dominant since the start of 2021. Dak also in his career, straight up in his career, he's 49 and 40 against the spread against opponents that are less than uh, 500 straight up. He is 22, eight and two against the spread at mm. 73%. Also as a favorite of a touchdown or more, Dak is one of the best in the league. Uh, I actually don't have that set right in front of me. I saw it on, on I earlier, actually, but I, you know what? You do I'm going to say it because it's a mind meld for us. Let's go. So it is a big mind meld. He's eight and one straight up, seven and two against the spread in his career as a touchdown favorite or more. There it is. I just saw it in my notes. But yes, <laughs> I mean, this is a great spot, I think, to sell high on the Bears and buy a little bit low on the Cowboys who have not looked the best. But I think that Dak is able to have a big game here. I don't see how this Bears defense is going to be able to, to, to stop him. Like this Bears defense is, is really not that good. And I think with if CD Lamb plays, Zeke's a little banged up, but 
I, I think that they dominate on defense and, and the offense is, is going to get it done as well. So we, we both like the Cowboys. We both like the Cowboys. Mine was nine and a half and the first thing I wrote was fade that Monday night winner just exactly as you came out. Not only did the Bears pull the unthinkable and beat the brains out of the Patriots, I, it made no sense, but like you would think, okay, the Bears are in second place in their division now. They've won three games, right? They just traded their best pass rusher today. I mean, does that make any sense? They're they're in it. Like, they're not out of it. They're in it. But I think they realize that, no, we're really not in it. We're really not a good team. And we kind of won these games. We beat the Texans. We beat week one on a slot fest against San Francisco. I don't know how we just beat New England, but we did. Let's just trade Robert Quinn now and get, get a fourth-round pick for it, which is odd. The Cowboys also made a trade this week. They traded for Jonathan Hankins, who's not a great pass rusher, defensive tackle, but he's an excellent run stuffer. And who runs more than the Bears, right? I think this is a really nice trade, underrated trade for the Dallas Cowboys D-line. It's, you know, building that up in some depth. Look, yes, they had a distinct coaching disadvantage last week against Belichick in that defense. I think the Cowboys are exponentially better on defense than the Patriots. They really are. Honestly, by the numbers, I have them in my model, in my on my uh, power ranking model, second highest rated defense in the league. That's where I have. But like you mentioned, Dak is only going to get better as they play along. And by the way, the Bears are on their second straight road game on short rest. Teams in those in that position in the last 20 years, 17-23-1 against the spread. And a rare Dallas spot of them being a sharp play because they're such a public, public team – this is a sharp play this week. 66% of tickets are on the Bears, seeing them off to Monday night. 65% of the money's on the Dallas Cowboys. Believe in Big D. I'm right there with you, man. It's my number two play of the week. Dallas Cowboys minus nine and a half. I love it. Wow, we swapped, we swapped our five and our two play. Look at that. I mean, we're, we're again, I told you, I, I felt this could be some eye belts coming hey, here. So hey, be careful because five and two is seven. So you know that. Yeah, we are off on, <laughs> I would say, we're off on the, on the good. Good, good foot for now. Good foot for oh, now. Good so let's foot see. for now. Let's let's see a number three slash four here. All right. So my next pick here, this one is also going to be. I, I'm just leaning on this really as a sharp play, in, in a very much of a buy low spot, and it's maybe a team that I've got a weakness for. But we've got a buy low on Detroit Dan and Detroit Dan Campbell against the Miami Dolphins. I know. The team that I have a, two teams I have a soft spot for, two teams that I like a lot in this league that I've bet on it quite a few times this year, but it doesn't get much worse for Detroit right now. I mean, they have been uh, seven points combined in their past two games after getting shut up by the Patriots before the bye week, going on bye, and then only being able to score seven points against the Cowboys, which again, a legitimate defense, though, a very legitimate defense in, in the Cowboys. This one here, like I said, I think. I just think this is a great buy low spot for an offense that is explosive. They should, by all means, have DeAndre Swift back. I know I said it at the top of the show. I thought it was back last week. He practiced on Wednesday this week. Full participant on a Wednesday practice. That is a great sign. Amon Ross St. Brown is in concussion protocol. He did practice with the red jersey, non-contact jersey on today. So, by all means, as long as things progress with the concussion, he should be fine to be back in that game. And that is so huge for this team. Not to mention they're at home. They have not been at home since prior to that Patriots game. They are absolutely going bananas at home. Uh, their yards per play oh, uh, uh, during away games this year, 5.3 yards per play. At home, 6.9 yards per play. They're almost two mm. yards better at home. I think this is a definite home field advantage for them. Like I said, it's been a long layoff, so the crowd should be into it, should buy it. And again, this is a Miami team that is just 
what they want to blitz a lot. Good luck getting to buy this offensive line because this offensive line is, is elite. Like we've mentioned many times before and they give up the explosive play. So I think that giving up like Detroit, the one thing you have to do to them is not let them get the explosive play. If you make them matriculate it down the field and, and dink and dunk it and work their way down, that's not what they want to do. Miami is going to give them plenty of opportunities to break loose between Swift, St. Brown, Hawkinson. Like they've got big play guys and they've just been a little bit banged up over the past few weeks. So I think this is a great buy low spot on Detroit home dog with three and a hook in that sweet spot number where we said, there's not a lot of these dogs between that three and seven this week that have been hitting at a phenomenal rate this season. So, uh, and I didn't end up getting you the tickets and the betting number, but uh, 69% of the bets right now on Miami, one of the highest bet ticket sides of the week, 54% of the money on Detroit. So mm. give me the fight in Dan Campbell's. Let's bite a couple. The Dolphins have kneecaps. I don't think it's bite a couple flippers this week. Flippers. Yeah. <laughs> bite a couple flippers this week. What's what, what wins a lion on a lion in the sea or a dolphin on land? You tell me. Yeah. Um, that would be something. Uh, it's in my lanes. I do like okay. it. I, I, I actually think it's amazing. Good for you for doubling down on this because after last week and getting your heart ripped out with this team, uh, I commend you. Miami should have lost that game on Sunday night. Tua right. actively tried to throw the ball to the other team and they wouldn't get it. Like he sucks. He sucks. And, and it's okay to, it's okay to say it. You know, the guy just doesn't really know how to throw past the first quarter. Once they figure it out, they figure it out. And yeah, Detroit's not a very good pass defense. And, you know, they should have a little bit of trouble probably with Hill and Waddle, but I'm sorry. Like Detroit, I, I really like Detroit here to maybe even win this game. This has got, this is going to have to be a shootout because I mean, I, the, the corners of Detroit, I mean, to say like, I'm not scared, like with their corners covering these two guys yeah. with Waddle and Hill, I'm nervous. But the total is only well, it, it opened at 50. Like it's all the way up to 51 and a half, not 52 already, which is the key mm. number. So we're we're getting we're getting it way, way up there. Um, but I do like this to be a boat race, hopefully. And um, yeah, again, Detroit just stays in game. So even if Miami wins this outright, I think that they can that, that hook is that hook is key. Back against the wall game, and usually yes. Dan Campbell's that's his best game that he does. So the best time to buy low on him. This is we got this is when we can talk the team up and we can get the guys to buy in. I love it. I love it. That's gritty. I love it. Um, Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. This, I don't even know why I put this. I mean, don't I know do why it, I Dan. put it on Don't here. do it. I know where you're going. Don't I know it. why I did this. It's my number three, but we already revealed my number two. So number two, I hope you brought your full team roster for this one. This game stinks, but I got to do it. I'm taking the Washington command. Plus oh, three God. in Indianapolis. I'm doing it. It's a horrible game. Horrible game. And what makes it worse, honestly, is that we were deprived of the game to end all games. We were deprived of Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. I really wanted it. Like, that would have just broke the space-time continuum. It would have been fantastic. But as such is life, the football gods give us Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger, and the beat goes on. The sun goes up, the sun comes down, water is wet, the sky is blue. We don't get anything cool 
Nothing cool happens in this game. I really thought that would have been cool. It's just two really sucky offenses versus two average defenses. That's really at the end of the day what this game comes down to, and two overrated coaches as well, apparently. But Washington is slightly not as bad as Indianapolis. If you actually look at Washington's stats, they are fifth in the league in defensive completion percentage and fifth in the league in pressure rate. They do get a lot of pressure in that offensive line. India is just terrible. Although we have heard that Duron Payne has been in trade talks. There's a, there's a shot that he gets traded. But how about this? Washington, second in the league on third down defense. Pretty good. They get off the field, and that's allowed them to control the clock. They're actually the fourth best team in the league at time of possession per game. They hold the ball for 31 and a half minutes per game. They're actually really good at that. That's pretty high. And look, you got a, you got a quarterback that's never started in his whole career as a three-point favorite? Like, I get it's Washington, but he's never started a game. And the preseason games that we've seen, I mean, what are we supposed to do with this? You know, Indianapolis is terrible. And I get Washington, they're throwing out backup quarterbacks and Taylor Heineke, but if you look at the numbers since 2019, the backups are better than the starters. The Washington backup quarterbacks are 8-2-1 and one against the spread since 2019. That is the most ridiculous stat I've ever heard in my life. They can't win anything. Just put the backup in. It's totally fine. And if they get out to a quick start, if they get out to a lead, I got a hard time believing that Sam Hellinger's leading them back. The Colts are 0-7 so far this year in their first half ATS spread. Like, they do not play well in the first half. 0-7 first half spread this year. If they get out to a lead, Ellinger's not leading them back. If you find yourself at a bar asking to put this game on, Make sure that TV has rabbit ears because no one else is going to want to use it. I promise you. Otherwise, just put the ticket in and walk away because this game stinks. Washington plus three. Yeah, this is not a game you even want to, you want to watch at all. No, this 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 for me. This didn't even make it my leans. Again, I, I honestly saw that game, saw them line like sitting right at you know home team, home teams given three, just like the most basic. And I'm just like, I got. I got nothing on this one. I I didn't do really any research. There's a lot of other games of the slate, Dan. I didn't I didn't even acknowledge this one for being honest. So good on you. This is definitely the corner TV game of the week. Um, <laughs> and I I'm gonna be upset if it even comes on red zone. So, but yeah, I, don't I mean, know if it again, will. The, the the bet the narrative. I mean, the bet the narrative would have bet if we had the Carson Wentz ball. The Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles ball. I I wish I could have seen what the crystal ball would have said. Uh, yeah, I really would have been upset if Lou wasn't here to talk about that one. But uh, again, we're deprived of, of all things that are fun and good in this world. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that that that's what the NFL does sometimes to you. Just if it's, it involves Carson Wentz, it's probably not fun. So uh, maybe this will be a better, more fun game. Who knows? Uh, number two, Maddie. Number two. Um, by the way, I thought you were going with Denver that last pick. I really did. I thought no, when you were telling you were talking about it, I was like, God, please don't do this again. I can't. Do, I can't. And, and and I know the Sharps are all over that team, but yep. I, I can't do it. Good. I say good. So we'll acknowledge that's definitely not our number one play of the week. If anybody yeah. else is number one, uh, we, the show's ending. But we're going to go back to an older reliable. Old reliable was betting against the Indianapolis Colts. So mm-hmm. fair enough. You know, you did go back to page one of the book that I crickled up, threw away, you dug it out of the trash. We're going to pick that one back up. But I mean, this is still the Carolina Panthers, and we've got <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons who oh, we no. dropped the game against the spread. Now we're back. 
Now we can be back on them. Okay. Oh, we had to wait. You know, we we're getting a little too sweet on the Falcons. We both stayed away last week. Again, might have had them outside of the show, but we did not put them in our five last week because we said we're getting too sweet on the Falcons here. But Carolina is still freaking horrible. Like the Bucs are broke. The Bucs are horrifically, horrifically bad. Carolina got to play the worst rushing offense in the NFL last week. The Bucs are averaging three yards per attempt on the season. That's exactly what they did last week. They get they got 2.9 yards per attempt against Carolina. Now you get the Atlanta Falcons who are ripping off four and a half yards per attempt uh, on the year, and they're ripping up five and a half or 5.1 yards per attempt at home this season when they're playing. So now Carolina gets to go on the road after winning as a double-digit dog, playing the worst rush offense league. Now they get to go against one of the most dynamic rush offenses in the whole entire league. They still have the stat going that if the opponent scores 17 points or more, the Panthers are one and 28 straight up. <laughs> one and 28 straight up against teams scoring two touchdowns and a field goal. It, I mean, it's insane. They're five and 24 against the spread in those spots. Um, not to mention teams coming off of an upset of being a double digit underdog are just two and 18 straight up, eight and 11 and one against the spread in that next week when they are an underdog against a divisional opponent. That is a lot of qualifiers there. A double digit underdog winning straight up next week, playing against a divisional opponent as an underdog. They are eight, 11 and one against the spread. I just, I'm so ready to get back in on the Falcons. Oh, no. Guess what? The, the bad part about the Falcons is what? We lost uh, a couple couple corners. Casey Hayward and, and AJ, AJ Terrell are going to be out. Yeah. Uh, don't matter. I mean, what? PJ Walker's going to take advantage of it? This team didn't do anything on offense last week. They got lucky because the offense is absolutely inept for Tampa Bay. And they can't move the ball at all. If I have anything but confidence in this Atlanta team, is they are going to be able to march down the field on long drives. This defense is not good. This offense is bottom three in every category DVOA. They are 30th overall. They are 29th weighted. They are 28th in passing. I mean, they are putrid on offense. And they got lucky because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers couldn't score a freaking anything more than a touchdown in that game. One touchdown. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. We're back on the dirty boats. I'm going to be fired up. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're big crap guys, right? Like we like craps. Mm -hmm. This feels like you just had a 35 to 40 minute roll at the dice table. And now they just crapped out and you want to play one more role. I can't do that. I mm. know it's Carolina. I can't do that. I think at this point in the season, we're like almost at the, we're like right at the edge of the halfway point. And this is when teams start to either die or they, they show us who they are. They show us who they are. And Atlanta, I, I think it might be time to hop off this train. I just – I don't want another role at this. It's kind of like with Washington. I didn't even acknowledge this game. I said, I don't want any piece of it. Divisional game with two teams that stink. No, thank you. God bless you. I can't get on that train. We we had a good run, six and one. I'll take my money. Like I just, I don't know if I can take another bite at that apple. It's another sharp play. We'll say that fifty one percent of the tickets on Carolina, seventy three percent of the money on Atlanta. So we got a twenty four percent differential there. Mm. Tickets and money. So 
I'll, I'll ride with, you know, you, I, I quit them. And then you set me off on, on Falcon's wings to be back and <laughs> ride the dirty birds for the second half. Of the My luck again. I missed, I missed the six and one part of the year and I'm going to hop on for like the two and seven remaining. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous for you. I'm like more power to you. Listen, uh, you've got some cat dogs. You've added some birds that are dogs. I'm going to add another one here with you for my number one play because this is it. Two words. Nuke Hopkins. Give me the Cardinals as my number one play of the week. I like Kingsbury in this spot. From King, you better believe it. But we all know he's got a new weapon back. And he made a big difference on Thursday night last week. Cardinals, new life on offense. The guy had 14 targets, 10 receptions, 103 yards. You think they might have missed him a little bit? and We all forgot how good DeAndre Hopkins is. Arizona's offense is struggling. I get it. Fine. But Minnesota's defense is so, so, so bad at giving up big plays. They are 28th in defensive completion percentage. They are dead last in defensive yards per pass attempt. They give up 7.9. They are the worst red zone defense in football. They are the 30th ranked defensive yards per play team in football. They give up so many explosive plays. They have the highest percentage of explosive plays in the league on defense. And get this, against wide receiver ones like DeAndre Hopkins, 31st DVOA. This is a very, very shaky secondary. I get it. The Saints were missing Marshawn Lattimore last week on that Thursday night, and that made a big difference. Minnesota doesn't have anybody like that. I get it. They got Patrick Peterson. He's not the same player that he once was. We all know that. And give Arizona's defense some credit. Maybe not last week, but they did have two pick sixes last week in that game. And they are the number one team in the league in turnovers per game right now. They have the most touchdowns. I'm sorry. Defensive touchdowns per game, not turnovers. Defensive touchdowns per game, they are number one. They have the most touchdowns of any team in the league on defense. They're also sixth in the league in opponents rushing yards per game. You think Minnesota likes to run the football? Like that's kind of one of their mainstay things of running that zone run scheme, setting up play action. Cardinals also have a plus five turnover differential. They are getting the ball on defense. We all know Kingsbury's record as a dog. 21, 9, and 2 against the spread. But as a road dog, he's scintillating. 83%. 15, 3, and 2 as a road dog is Cliff Kingsbury. Let's see if the prom king has the king of hearts this week. Give me the red, red king. Give me Arizona on the road in Minnesota. Plus 3.5. Give them to me outright. Love the Cardinals. Give this man a heartbeat. Give this man the kick of hearts. Give him a heartbeat. <clears throat> uh, this is a lean for me. This is a strong lean. This is strong sitting lean. just outside the window. You could say this is the sixth pick of the week, probably. It's just, God, I just don't trust the Arizona Cardinals. Ever. Come on, like, I just don't. And I know that we've, you know, we've said on the show that the Vikings are a paper tiger as far as five and one goes. You know, I mean, they're just, just outside of the Giants as being the most overrated team in the NFC. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't pull the trigger. I will be riding for you. I'm rooting for you on this one. I like this, uh, but it's not my five. It's not my number one pick here. Okay. Well, then 
What could it possibly be, Matthew? I I know you wanted to do this, and I've just got to come behind you, and I've just got to pick you up by your bootstraps and say, it's going to be okay, Dan. It's going to be okay. Because Bill Belichick has beaten the New York Jets 12 times Ooh! in a row. The Jets are have won four games in a row. And we are now getting to take the Monday Night Loser in a blowout that nobody saw coming and went, wow, that's crazy. That's Well, the Patriots must stick now because of one game in bad weather where an offense threw an entirely different game plan at them in the first week. They now get to go against Zach Wilson, who has been horrific. And Zach Wilson without Brees Hall. We got a lot of stats here. We're going to write it through for you. Zach Wilson on early downs out of 32 quarterbacks ranks 32nd in success rate on first and second down 30th in completion rate on first and second down and 28th in EPA per attempt. That's it. Bad quarterback right there. They lose Brees Hall. Now, again, maybe running backs aren't the biggest pivotal thing, but Brees Hall was this offense. He was providing the explosiveness to this offense. And that's all that this offense is, is explosive. If they don't have explosive plays, they aren't doing anything. Brees Hall versus Michael Carter. And now they got James Robinson. And James Robinson is pretty similar to Michael Carter and all these. I don't have them all spelled out, but I got this from Warren Sharp, our guy who we think is a football genius and guru. Uh, Brees Hall was second out of, out of 42 running backs. He was second in EPA per rush. Michael mm. Carter, 31st. Mm. Brees Hall was eight, uh, eighth in rushes, uh, gaining five yards or more. Michael Carter is 41st. Out of 42 running backs, it's five mm-hmm. yard carries or more. Uh, Brees Hall, fourth in yards after contact in the league. Michael Carter, 40th out of 42. And not to mention, they also have lost their center, Elijah Vera Tuck, for this game. As Hit they, him they again. Lost him, as they lost him last week. Hit him again. Bill Belichick coming off of a loss in a blowout. He's been fantastic. And I can give you the stats without Brady. Over the past two seasons, or you know, this season and last year, six and four straight up coming off of a loss. The four losses, two of them came to the Bills, who have been one of the best teams in the league. The others were the Bucks and the Packers, both last season. Mm. Other than that, so outside of when they played an elite offense and an elite quarterback, which I just told you Zach Wilson is absolutely not, they are 6-0 and straight up, 5-1 and against the spread, and the average score in those games is 31-10. to <laughs> This defense is going to bounce back in the biggest way possible. They are going to absolutely get after Zach Wilson. They dominated him last year. They know exactly what to do. 12 in a row against the Jets. He is, Bill Belichick is 35 and 11 straight up against this team. Give me the New England Patriots minus two and a half. It's Jets week. It's my favorite two weeks of the year because I know how much Bill Belichick hates the New York Jets. Hates them. And now having to deal with a QB controversy and all this stuff that's going on, the starter is already named apparently. It's a perfect week. It's a perfect setup. It's in my leans. I didn't want to go for it. I just decided, you know what? Not the time or place, but we're rallying the troops here. The Bears game is over. Short week. Who cares? These Jets have have come. I, I think it's a bad week for the New York teams. I really think that. I think the New York teams finally get put in their place. 
That's that's I had I had fading the Jets and the Giants as my one and two plays of the week. Hmm. Seattle, Seattle and New England are two and one right there. So it's just it's it's time, guys. It's time. The Jets four, five wins in a row for the Jets. I don't think so. No. No, no, no. They've no, beaten no. nobody. They've beaten outside of the Packers, who are the most broken team in the league. They beat Skylar Thompson, Brett Rippon, and Kenny Pickett in his first game of his career. Let's be real. Let's be Fine. real. Let's let's, let's be, be real. real. <laughs> no free ads. Um, I, I I love I love this. I actually really like this. It's in the leans. Um, again, you know, people, you know how it is. They come after me if I take the Patriots every week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know take a step back, reevaluate, be humble, and you know what? When we beat them, forty two to three, like it's gonna be fantastic. Look, I'm right behind you, picking it up, lateral off to me. I'm off to the races. Oh, I love that. You are Ramondre Stevenson, and I'll be Damian Harris. Like, it's great. There you go. I love the tandem. Okay, let's get to the leans. I already mentioned mine. Uh, New England, I mentioned. Detroit, I mentioned. I got one that was just barely missed. You may not like it. I think I do like it. I like New Orleans. Oh, okay. I like yeah, New Orleans. It's like my it's like my favorite, 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 favorite one. And I couldn't find a way to put it in there. I just I liked the one a little bit more. It was this close to switching Houston out with this, but New Orleans, I got a good feeling about them this week. Raiders coming off a high, uh, big win. New Orleans, everybody forgot about them, leaving them for dead. If they but they're not healthy, that's the problem. If I need to know that Marshawn Lattimore is playing, I need to know. Michael Thomas, I really don't expect to play, but I need Marshall Lattimore to play. That's what I need. Yeah, I have no pulse on New Orleans right now. Like, I have no feel for that. You say you feel good about them. I have no feel for that team. I really – maybe I just haven't watched them a lot, which I don't think I have this year. Like, I don't know. that that They're they're messy to me. I thought you were going – I can't believe we didn't touch this game. San Francisco, Shanahan, 9-3 against Big Bang. I mean, in my that's another still. one. They're so injured, so I couldn't put it in here. But, again, Shanahan, 9-3 against Big Bang. Six in a row, back to business as usual. Again, wasn't wasn't the prime time game. What other game were you watching during four o'clock last week besides Kansas City and and Forty Niners? I mean, that's that was the game of the week, really, for the most part. So, I think that you could kind of consider that, and you could, you could fade them here. Um, but then again, you get the Rams coming off a bye. Are they going to throw a bunch of new looks? You know, are they going to finally finally change their offense? Maybe he hasn't done it since he started taking over as head coach. So I don't see why he would now. But if there was a week to do it, he would do it now coming off the bye against the man who's whooped him six times in a row. So it had to stay out. But I know that me and you both love Kyle Shanahan. I just don't – not even the idea that we love Kyle Shanahan. I just don't think the Rams are very good. Yeah. I just don't think they're very good. I don't think – they haven't played well all season. They've been grinding out victories against bad teams. And I I did have this because I have notes on this because I was almost going to put it in. When a team is an underdog after a bye, the book is is kind of telling the people something. Home dogs under a TD in that spot only cover 40% of the time when they are mm. a dog off of a bye. And with a home divisional dog off of a bye, they're only hitting at 37%. Mm. And McVay has not really done well with extra time to prepare in his career. He doesn't have great numbers. So I, I think if we're both on it, you know, for outside of the show purposes, I, I think we both like San Fran this week. Um, some other leans that I have. I really, really, really wanted to take Green Bay plus 
I I had it. I I took it on Sunday night, and I just I had to take it out. I I just I couldn't do it. I bet the other side. I took Buffalo, and I just said, no, cancel it. I don't want it. I can't. Maybe by Sunday you can get me there. I, it's the it's going to be the first time that Rodgers has ever 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 been a double digit dog, and it's just it, it's just one of those games. I think we're going to look back on and be like. Aaron Rodgers was a 10-point underdog. Like, what are we talking about? This, I mean, I know this team's been so bad. But they don't, they, but the Bills blow guys out. They just they, I when know, they that, win, they the, blow teams out. The and Bills are the best double-digit covering team. This is gonna be either the Packers are gonna just pull the upset and win the game straight up, or they're gonna lose by 30. I, I think that again, I don't think you bet. I don't think you bet at 11. I agree. I think you bet. You bet the money a line. Half, a half a unit, a quarter of a unit on the money line. You don't yeah. bet your full unit on this game. You throw a little bit on the money line, and you say, Sunday night, let's get crazy. Yep, absolutely. Maybe something wild happens in Buffalo where Mason Crosby makes a kick in a big way. Like, they get a – I mean, the, the problem with Green Bay is their special teams has completely let them down, and their defense can't yeah. stop anybody. I mean, and I get it. LaFleur is also to blame here. Special teams killed them in the in this game. They get another muffed punt that put Washington on the five yard line. They just every week it's like that. Buffalo is so good, just so good. The, the one thing that again you say about the defense is that they can't stop the run. The Green Bay Packers defense. I mean, that's not a problem here. They they are very good at limiting explosive plays for Buffalo. So with a big number like this, if you limit the explosive plays and you don't let you don't let Buffalo turn this into a boat race. You take them out from getting the, the Gabe Davis 98-yard touchdowns. Like, you could stay with inside two scores. You could lose this game by 10, and we could still cover. So, it was hard It was hard to not put that one in there. That was uh, that one just got phased out for the Lions, I think. that was It was those two were the, my last ones. But I almost, like, made that just out of principle my number one play. I, I, guess, was, I, I feel was, like we uh, had to because it's like, again, Aaron Rodgers, 10-point underdog. It's Banana land. I never thought we'd be here. It's it's eleven and a half. So oh, it's huge. It's, huge. it's just huge. Uh, the weather that night, cloudy skies, showers later in the evening, but not a lot of wind. So, um, I don't know. That's that's a hard one. Dan, I'm, I'm going to take this show by Audible here. I know yeah. we saved this for last number, like, yeah. but we mentioned it before the show. I don't have a money line parlay built. Okay. I'm having a hard time here. Okay, I, we're going to build this together because I I'm on a cold streak. I like it. Do we just put the Packers in this and just go nuts? And just do we just Packers? start it with the Packers and then we could go go sh- go short with the the, the, the Saints? Go you know who I like? You know Saints? who I like almost even better than the Saints because they're the last team in my lanes. Kind of like the Browns on Monday night oh, against the Bengals. Boy, I don't know. I the three and a half dogs. Right, I got them at three and a half. I think they're down to three. Browns at home, ro- divisional dog. Against a Bengals team that's playing better, but Browns should be able to run on them, should be able to pass rush. Like, I don't know. Does that do anything for you? What if we go short here? Yeah. We go a little shorter, but we get back to the principles. Okay. Divisional home dog parlay. Houston, like Cleveland. Houston and Cleveland. I don't hate that at all. I it's not going to really give us it. it's it's not going to give us a monster return, but I think that we got to get back. It that just feels right. It feels like we got to get back to to building it from the bottom up, so we can get Houston at minus one sixteen, 
We are we are making the sausage right now as we speak, folks. This is how you build a money line parlay. <laughs> Houston at my, uh, plus 116. Cleveland at plus 165. We'll get you plus 470. It's not bad. Bang. Lock it in. Moneyline parlay. Divisional home dog moneyline parlay. I like this. I like this a lot. I got a bear. We've just been completely backwards. Like, you know, one time we're, we're taking a Houston team. It's a seven-point dog. Last week, Seattle. And we wanted the Giants, but we didn't want the Giants. It's like, you know – just stick to your principles. At the end of the day, it's about not losing money. It's not about winning money. I think you win money and don't lose if you take divisional home dogs. I like this a lot. All right. I, lo- I, I love it now. Okay. okay. I'm glad we did that together as a team. Good. Good. Teamwork is the dream. Uh, under the weather, uh, going right back to the Pacific Northwest. We're taking the Giants in Seattle. That's the one we're doing. Under 44 and a half. The Giants unders have been pretty good. Um, there's going to be rain of about half an inch, perfect Seattle grunge weather. Give me some fish. Give me some Pearl jam. I love this winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour with 15 mile per hour sustain. It should be rocking and rolling in the gorge on Sunday. It'll be rocking and rolling over at, uh, the link on Sunday as well. Seattle giants in the Pacific Northwest under 44 and a half. That I love. I absolutely love that. No, because I, I think that as much as I like Seattle's offense, I think if DK doesn't play, which by all means I don't think he's going to play, it is going to be a Ken Walker game, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, Ty, and Tyler Lockett, by all means, should, again, eat. man coverage, yeah. he should eat yeah. running those crossing routes across the field. So um, I like this, and I really do like Seattle's. I think their defense is trending. Like Seattle's a playoff team. Seattle's a playoff team. Currently. Currently, that kid Tariq Woolen is the defensive player rookie of the year. There's no it's question. Fantastic. Their defense is playing way better. So yeah. I, I like Seattle a lot. Underrated corner, University of Texas, San Antonio. Nobody talked about him. Loved him at the combine. Love lockdown. He is locked down. And they got Kobe Bryant on the other side from Cincinnati. Real good rookie as well. So Seattle riding them and riding the under in that game. I really, really like this game a lot. Lewis does not. Lewis. Because Lewis has bet the narrative this week. He will ride it till it dies. He will laugh in our faces. He's taking the Giants plus three as the bet the narrative this week. He has texted it in. The guy's like, you guys are idiots. Like, that's all he's saying. You guys are idiots. You don't understand. They are meant to do this. This is setting up another stupid run that the Giants will go on. Don't you just watch. You're an idiot. Well, if I'm an idiot. And let me be an idiot. Yeah, I mean, we're going to die on this hill, I guess, because I'm just going to keep – because if they win this, I'm, I'm just going to now have to bet against them every week. Because I hopped on them last week, got a little – got a little bit of the joy, a little bit of the fun. But, boy, I mean, this this nonsense has got to end sooner or later. Canny up. Canny up. That's all I'll say. Just keep doing it every week. It's going to happen eventually. We're, not going- head to head, we're head-to-head, Lou. I don't know how my head-to-head is against Lou. I know my head-to-head against Dan's good, but we'll see if my head-to-head against Lou is pretty good. And you too. Yeah, well, it's it's a serious, serious thing going up against the crystal ball, but we are tempting fate. There's a 5-0 and coming this week. Mm. One of us. One of us. And there's nobody – we're not, you know, head-to-heads like – you know, nope. we're generally on the same page. There's like one game we each we two, hate. Two, so. two mind melts. Yeah, we're on. Uh, we're, we're on Seattle and we're on Dallas. Yeah, 
I, I think there's five and up in this week. I do too, because all of, we all have the. I mean, we have leans that all match up our picks for the right. I, I think we're we're feeling very in sync. We're feeling very in sync. Very flow. Justin Timberlake. Lots of flow. Oh, I like that. Very nice. Very very nice. Bye bye bye, all you haters out there. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the Sunday Card. You can catch all of the the picks. On Twitter, at the Sunday Card every single week. Go follow it on Twitter. Go follow it on Instagram. And, of course, listen wherever you get your podcast. Maddie, your boy's back in London this week. I mean, let's fly. What are we doing? Oi! Oi, Oi. come on, mate! <laughs> that was Australian, not even London at all. Yeah. Well, Oi! Put, sounds like you're putting another shrimp on the bobby <laughs> for this one. I mean, that's brutal. Uh, yeah, fish and chips for... Uh, Old Russell Wilson. Oi, let's, oh, yeah, let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> let's ride. Oh, we got to end the show before we get even more from these accents. We'll see you later, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Car. The Sunday Card Podcast is co hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.